This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 44 of Small Talk. I'm Michelle Smallman. I'm your host. I will be kind of navigating the waters as we sail through this episode. Quick disclaimer, we do this at the beginning of every podcast. We will be speaking to our Game of Thrones correspondent, Tommy Reese, at the very end of the podcast. So if you haven't seen the series finale of Game of Thrones, you're going to want to make sure to dip out of the podcast at that point. Make sure and come back and check it out after you've watched it. But we don't want to ruin it for you because, as you'll find out later, I did ruin it for one member of this podcast conversation. But before we get to Tommy Reese, let's check in with the guys. We have Tommy Freeze Pops here in studio with me, kind of trolling me wearing a Boston college hat and a Boston t-shirt. I think subliminally, maybe subconsciously, he's already projecting towards the potential Blues Bruins Stanley Cup final. It's an unintentional troll, Michelle. It's It's, just my normal outfit. It's just the essence of you. (laughs) And we have the executive producer of the Will Kane Show, the producer, and I want to say kind of co-host of the Rosillo Podcast and the soon-to-be SVP and Rosillo Podcast, Steve Cerruti. Hello, Steve. What's good? Yeah, I do. Tom, I don't feel like that was a mistake on your part. I think that was a deliberate attack on, (laughs) you know, because you're just, you're the obnoxious Boston guy. Everybody knows that. And and whether or not you did it on purpose or not, like that's up for debate, but you're still being obnoxious. Okay. Well, speaking of that, Cerruti, we know you're a huge blues guy, so we've got to lead with the same yes. blues. Blues. LGB. Do you where, know where are we at? <laughs> huge blues. I was gonna say, do you know where they're at in the series? Uh, I'm guessing no, since you asked. So I will go ahead and update you. Wait, could I guess? Yeah, go ahead, guess. Because I, I assume by your excitement, they've got to be leading the series. I, I mean, do they have three wins yet? What did you do, Steve, based on our attitudes? But yes, they <laughs> have guess. three Is wins. It three one? Is it three one? It's three to two. Three two, okay. okay. Clinching right. game, game six to night in St. Louis. By the time this pod drops tomorrow, we will already know if the Blues are advancing to the Stanley Cup final or not. And this is the first time, Steve, if the Blues win this game, first time that they will advance to the Stanley Cup final since 1970. I mean, it's been a tough go with my Blues fandom the last couple of years. You know, it's been a rough (laughs) ride. Um, but you know, it's just really, it's going to be really happy when it all comes to fruition and they end up making the, uh, the Stanley cup final. I'm going to be really happy, but no, seriously, I'll be happy for you, Michelle. Cause I know this is, thank you. listen, St. Louis is a sports town that, you know, you know, the Rams, we won't even get down go down that road, but it's been a Please rough don't. deal. And I know the Cardinals are good this year, right? But they've had a rough go out of the last few years, I believe. Uh, they so, missed the postseason the past three years, and they're currently in fourth place in the division after starting were, out super hot. Okay, I knew they started off well. I'm not sorry. I'm just not a baseball guy. But <laughs> I, 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 I remember looking at the standings. I was like, oh, damn, Cardinals first place. Nice. Okay, cool. And I, that must have been a long time ago. But, yeah, shout out <laughs> to the Blues. I mean, I mean, they're my adopted hockey team. So, you know, listen, I'll root for them. They got, like I said, I've always said they got a great sweater. Great sweater. Awesome sweater. 100%. Great call. So, yeah, I we've been saying, Steve, if they make it to the Stanley Cup final that you need to come visit. And I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but the offer is still on the table, and they're one win away from us harassing you to come. Uh, it's possible. i got to got to check the sketch. <laughs> You know, see what's going on. Well, you know, I'm a busy this? guy. What can I say? You could well, remote produce from here. We have yeah, the setup. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, we have you on the podcast. Yes, Clearly, we can it. make this happen. Mm-hmm. Why don't it's you true, get the Will true. Kane show on the how road? About, how about Ooh. you guys? You know, you guys hit up some of the bosses back in Bristol. You can ask Will, like, hey, is it cool if my boy flies out to, you know, <laughs> St. Louis for a couple of days and produces remotely? And if he's okay with it, I'm down. Will's not your boss. You make your own moves, Rudy. So <laughs> <laughs> Rudy's the boss of that operation. <laughs> no, I will be in the loo at some point. I, I promise. I will make it there at some Ooh, point. It sounds like know. he's mm, already dipping no, no, no. Backing down. Already dipping out. Well, it's going to be tough to do it next week. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Figure it out, dude. Figure if, it out. If we're going to be honest. I will give you an option B, even though I like option A. You 
coming to St. Louis much better. Obviously, I would love to give you the tour of my city, but I am already trying to work it with the bosses on this end of the operation to let me go to Boston for a game. So we should try to get you to come up to Boston. Much more feasible for you. That is doable. That is definitely doable. Remember when we went to Boston? Boston. I do. I do remember that. That was a weird trip for sure. Um (laughs) That was a, and then it you know resulted in the worst story ever told on ESPN Radio. <laughs> we actually uh, had to have so a meeting yes. about how bad the story was. <laughs> we did, yeah. Tom Tom screwed up so bad that our boss is like, please stop talking. Like four bosses were in a yeah. room. We listened and they to were, like a full and were, segment, and they all shit on me. They were talking to everyone, but they were really only talking to one person. Yes, correct. It was like, did we think this was a good segment? And it was really, Tom, shut up. I was set up for failure so hard. You told an eight-minute story <laughs> that failure. probably should have taken 30 seconds. Tom, uh, how was seconds. the game? And then you talked for eight minutes. There was a talk of a gas station. Like, yeah. I don't even know what well, happened. Well, it was a crazy story. Maybe one day me and Saruti can give us the, give the oral history. Uh, but it was there was a lot of details that I thought were necessary to get in. I think I'm good on the story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, it was crazy. You got to admit. I mean, it was. I lived it. It was definitely crazy. I didn't need to hear the hear the recap story, but yes, it was crazy. Uh, uh, Tom had some some car issues, and there were some communication issues, and it was just the. Uh, it was it was quite the trip up to Boston to watch yeah. the Celtics. By the way, get absolutely blasted. Oh, by the it was terrible. Was awesome. <laughs> it was so bad. Steve, how was that ride back with Tom after LeBron crushed the Celtics? No, it wasn't that bad because, I, you know, I don't think you were quiet. I, it, was, it was so bad. It was so bad that, like, it wasn't like you had your heart ripped out of your chest. I think they were up 20. They were, they were up by 20 in the first quarter. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and then at one point in the fourth when it was garbage time, I remember they got it down to 11, and oh I stood God, up, and yeah. I was like, we're still in it, sir. And you know what? And you know what the best part about that was is, like, <laughs> you still have the loser Boston fans <laughs> chanting, you know, fuck LeBron, you know, and you're just like, guys, you're getting blasted on your home court. Like, I don't know if I respect or hate the stupidity of that chant. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, man, that was fun. No, we just listened to Boston sports talk most of the way home, and we just, like, you know, laughed at the callers. Like, hey. It was pretty funny. This is Sean calling from Salisbury. Uh, you know, I just want to talk about how Isaiah probably could have uh, tried a little harder tonight. Uh, or he could have sat out. I don't know. His hips bothering him or something. I don't know. <laughs> And then you get to fuck LeBron on the way out. (laughs) Do people swear a lot on Boston radio? Did you have to bleep a lot of people? No, they're pretty well trained at this point because Boston sports radio takes so many calls. They know the deal. They're like, I can't say fuck. I can't say shit. They're a little looser with the fringe swears, though. Like, they'll say, like, douche. They'll say, yeah, like, callers will drop a bitch in there. Yeah, they'll call guys dumbass. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a little looser up there, but it's a good time. Everyone's kind of there for the same reason, so it works. You know, Steve, this may shock you. Not a lot of Midwesterners calling players or coaches <laughs> dumbasses here on Sports Talk nope, Radio. No, nope, probably not. Uh, yeah, they're too nice in the Midwest. Come on. So nice. Yeah, I think it's still weird to tell out a little bit how nice everybody is. It's very strange. Oh, it would weird me out, too. Don't worry about it. I, I enjoy the hostility of the Northeast. <laughs> I want to change subjects because I don't even know how to present this to you guys. I'm assuming, Steve, you saw it on social media. But over the weekend, Tom and I went to two of our friends' birthday parties. They are a couple. 
boyfriend girlfriend they had a joint birthday party on a patio it was a great situation and you know my friends are at the age where a lot of them are married and they're starting to have babies so there was dogs mm-hmm. there a couple of people brought their babies enjoying a nice beer on a patio escaping their kid for a little bit and you know i go to the restroom and i come back and i look at the table and tom is sitting at the end of the table holding a baby <laughs> and I took a video of it, and it, it even speaking of it, I'm uncomfortable because he looked so uncomfortable holding the baby. The baby's face looked very uncomfortable, kind of sizing him up, saying, is this guy going to drop me? What's happening? He made a really awkward sound where he kind of went, all right, to the baby. And so I posted it on social media, and I said, freeze pops, you know, kind of a hint to the dad vibe. Good pun. Good pun. And nice. uh, we've gotten a lot of response from people about Tom as a potential dad one day so steve i want to get your reaction to the video mm. well i think maddie showed it to me my wife and <laughs> i think, uh, I, think I texted like, it to what her what is this yeah and i was like oh my god and that, the first thing that went through my mind was does tom have a long lost child that he just found um but i Perhaps. would say i think tom would actually be a good dad yes uh, tom, tom is a dad in a way in a lot of ways <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think you know i could tired. i could yeah, no, the attire for sure, like bucket hats, yep. you know, maybe some Crocs. So many boat no, shoes. No, definitely Crocs. Car- cargo shorts. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, you basically are a dad without a kid. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think I, if I had a kid, it was my kid. Knowing you, Tom, I might be a little bit hesitant to give you the baby right away. Because you just, you know, I don't know. There's some, you know, let's be honest, there's some maturity issues. You know, there's some, you know, there's some, you know, leadership issues with you, Tom. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> So I got I would be hesitant, but then I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, Tom actually, you know, Tom would be a great dad. Tom would love doing all the baby stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Tom, Tom would love like talking to the baby and being weird and playing with it. Totally, 100. percent Like my yep. dad is the same way. My dad is like a great. He was just born to be a dad. Like yeah. there's some guys that were just born to be dads. And totally. Tom might be one of those guys. That is like the nicest thing you've ever said. Yeah, to that me, was Serenity. really nice, Steve. Like, oh man, okay. Well, like I'm you don't understand how nice that was. Well, like his dream is to be a stay at home dad. That Did is you know my that? dream. Yeah, I get that. That's a great dream. I mean, I, I would love to do that. But uh, I need to yeah, marry I mean, I, a tech billionaire and just have many babies with her and just stay at home and, you know, play with the kids, get a little football team in the backyard, yeah. flag football team oh. going, wiffle ball. Making I mean, lunches. I could see that. Yeah, you're throwing them all lunches, and like, dropping kids off. Matching you're the one overalls. That, like, drops all the kids. Yeah, yeah. You drop the kids off at school and all the other kids know that you're like the cool dad or like, you know, you're the Hell dad yeah. that everybody is like, you know, has all the good jokes, yeah. dad jokes. Like I run the school store and I let the kids like yeah. steal erasers. Yeah, yeah, you volunteer, you know, you're on the PTO or whatever it's called. Oh, hell yeah. I can totally yeah. see that. Oh, totally, my God. totally, totally. Chaperone. Steve, when you said making lunches too, Tom as a dad would put the best snacks in oh, a lunch. Epic lunches. Definitely. Definitely. And I would Definitely. do the trifold on the sandwich because I don't fuck around. I remember when yeah, my that... dad used to make my lunches, it'd be a sandwich, a bag of chips. I would always have some grapes. And then there would always be like a killer additional snack, whether it was like Dunkaroos mm. or Gushers yeah. or a fruit by the foot. Got to get a kudos bar in there oh or something. Oh my God, kudos bar. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. all things you could always either enjoy yourself or trade. Mm. Got to have trade value. Got to trade. I would get the sour cream and cheddar ruffles in there. Yep. Yes. And then my mom would make it and would be like classic PBJ, some celery. Yep. You're like, oh, mom. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Were for you me. guys allowed to have like the all the bad snacks? Like, like so it's weird. Like, I know there were the kids that had, you know grew up with healthy parents. Like Maddie was one of these people. Like, where her mom like put like f- you know fruit leather in there instead of like real <laughs> fruit by the foots. And you're like, oh, fruit man. leather. Ugh, what yeah. is that? It's essentially like an organic version of like a fruit roll up, but it's nothing like it in taste. I should <laughs> like, fruit just, leather. Yeah, yeah it doesn't no, it's, sound it's, appealing. 
it's not great. Um, it's definitely not great. You know, and it was like a lot. You know, a lot of mixed nuts. You know, hummus, uh, organic everything. Some exactly. Hummus. Yep. Yep. So, but my Cucumbers. my parents were. We weren't really allowed to have what were they like gushers or fruit Ooh. by the foot things like mm-hmm. that. Like we just weren't allowed to have that growing up because my mom was like, "Oh, it's gonna rot your teeth out." So I didn't experience that until like college, really. Whoa. Gushers in college. Yeah. Or okay. Gushers, fruit by the foot, fruit low up, all like those ones, like like fruit snacky type snacks. Like we had chips, we had crackers, we had cookies, but we we never had like the high sugar ones. I had all that stuff growing up, but I was never allowed to have fast food. No mm. McDonald's, none of that stuff, as long as my mom was running the ship. On the days that she would let my dad make my lunch, he'd be like, oh, nutty bars. I got you some nutty <laughs> bars and some Capri Suns up in there. I'm like, yes. When he was allowed to do the grocery shopping, that's when you started seeing the zebra cakes and things work their way into the rotation because I think even back then when we were kids we knew that little Debbie's treats weren't exactly the best for us but we didn't know how incredibly unhealthy they were yeah you know it was was certainly more of the life in moderation Mm -hmm. attitude back when I was a kid but yeah I remember I was never allowed to have fast food and then when I went to high school and I was the last one to get my license because I'm actually a year younger than all my friends shout out to me being so youthful what are you a genius yeah I actually was a kindergarten prodigy they moved me up a grade because I knew my what? shapes and colors and how to read. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. True story. Did you know that, Sarudi? You reclassified at four. Nice. Are you yeah. serious? How did I never know that? Yeah, I jumped up. Holy I'm shit. A- well, I- no, wait, hold on. Was this one of those things? Because, like, I was, you know, I was born in November, right? So you basically have a choice of, like, being held back or going forward. That wasn't, that's not what you're talking about. No, right? so. You, you literally got, you jumped a grade. Yeah, so my birthday is in August, and I should have been the oldest person in my class. But instead, I was a full year younger than everyone else in my class. So my friends would turn 16 in September, and I would not turn 16 until the following August. <laughs> See, that's actually kind of cool. So mine was November, and I like that growing up, but it sucks when you you know become mm-hmm. when you go to college and you actually want to be of drinking age. But I actually kind of always liked being younger than everybody else. I don't know how you felt about it. It was cool as far as the driving situation was concerned because you could always get picked up. You never had to worry about the responsibility of driving. And once I did get a car, my dad was so strict about everything that I was like, oh, this isn't actually that fun. But, yeah, once you got to college, you had to be 19 to get in the bars at Illinois. So, obviously, I was young and needed a fake ID. Yeah, and then 21 was the worst because all my friends were 21 a full year before me. Yeah, but girls with fake... Fake IDs, I feel like it's much easier, right? You just get a girl that kind of looks like you have an old ID. Actually, my fake ID is kind of hilarious. So, like I mentioned, when you went to Illinois, that's why it was always named such a big party school because it had one of the biggest Greek lives in America. Everybody was in a fraternity of sorority, so you had that thing working. And then you only had- shout out to Myers Leonard. Shout out to Myers Leonard. (laughs) Except they didn't win the game, but yeah. Yeah, but he put on. Yeah, I mean, the guy balled out last night. He had more points in the first half than he had in any game ever. I know. (laughs) In his entire career, even throughout college. Totally. Great game from him. But yes, you only had to be 19 to get in the bars, so obviously I needed a fake ID. So I joined a sorority my freshman year, and my pledge mom was like, oh, I'll just give you my old one. It was not her. It was her old (laughs) fake ID. She was blonde. Mind you, I had terrible blonde highlights at the time. And she hands me the ID, and it's an Indian girl named Malgrazada Hansdorfer. (laughs) Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Say that name again. 
Mal Grisada Hansdorfer. <laughs> That's a dope name. <laughs> so where does the last name start in that? And like, shout out Mal Grisada if you're listening to this. Okay, that's I the loved first you. Name. You got me into some amazing parties. Oh my God. That's amazing. See, that's what happens with girls, though. It doesn't matter. You just need no, a female face on a card. Yeah. So the hierarchy of the bar system was the freshman guys would either be the bar backs or work the door. The older guys would be the bartenders and sophomore juniors. And then the senior guys were the head bars. So they were running the whole operation. So it was guys I knew at the door, basically. And they'd be like, Mog, was that a Hansdorfer? Really? <laughs> and I would be like, you know, 1156 Pine Tree Lane or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, you got to memorize all it. her info. And I found if I ever got questioned, I would just get really indignant with people. <laughs> And be like, my birthday is July 13th, 1984. What's your problem? <laughs> I just made all that up. But yeah, just get indignant and it usually works. But Malgros and Hansdorfer, I lost the ID. Um, oh, that's a tragic. Yeah, it was a bummer. I lost the ID and was without one for like the final month before I turned uh, 19. But, you know, it was summertime, so I, I wasn't in college at the time, so it didn't matter. But, yeah, I, re- I remember being so sad I lost it because I wanted to save that thing forever. Now, did you get it yeah, lost? Yeah, you want to pass it down. Pass did, it down. Did you lose it because it was taken, because it wasn't you, or did you just straight up lose it? Like, did a did a bouncer say this isn't you and took your ID? I think someone took it, yeah. Oh, man. You know, a lot of those oh, nights are sucks. fuzzy. Ah, makes but sense. I just remember so- I woke up one morning, didn't have it. <laughs> Oh man, I I feel like it's impossible to top that fit that fake ID scenario because so mine was through China. Uh, we did one of those bulk orders <laughs> through ID Chief. Do you guys China. remember ID Chief? No, I've never heard of that. Okay, so no. it was, so this might was have been that past that sketchy your- dude like freshman year who would always like come around and be like, hey dude, I got you know I got the hook up with the IDs. Yeah, would, like, is this like know, McLovin? Twenty bucks. So it was my friend that went to Northeastern. He was like, hey, I got a buddy. He's working through ID Chief. It's this it's this company in China, and uh, it might be out of business at this point. And he's like, you need to get 20, and then it's free shipping. No, it's still all there. Okay, so, ID chief, premium, scannable, fake IDs. And they were awesome. I'm telling you, they were great. They were so great that I was so cocky that I got my fake ID as a Rhode Island ID with all of my real information on it. Whoa. And, and yeah, and it was, uh, I think it was like 30 bucks. I don't, like rem- I don't remember group. how much yeah, it was. Yeah, 100%. No, because then you have all your information memorized. And the ID was yeah, so then- so legit that it that I was just cocky about it. Well, well, under, you'll see why it, it was a dumb move. But at the time, the rationale made sense. Um, but yeah, so they and you get two. So if one gets taken, you have a backup already. So and, it's a BOGO fake ID. Yeah, buy one get one, and they send it to you in <laughs> awesome. a bulk order, and they send them in like teddy bears. Or like toys. What? Yeah. So my That's friend, weird. my friend had to open up a teddy bear, and there was just a huge rubber band of like, you know, fifty people that ordered fake IDs. Oh my god! Was there <laughs> an eight ball in there too? What the hell? It was awesome. Yeah, this is super sketchy. Yeah. So sketchy. No, but it worked because you know I was living in the city and I wanted to go to the bars because hey, you're in the city. There's it, the party scene isn't as much of a thing as as the bar scene. So you want to hit these bars up. And the fake ID was working, and it was awesome. And then I'm home in my hometown a few summers later, before I'm 21, and I'm drinking with the guys, local little stupid bar, and the girl who's serving us is a waitress. She went to our high school, and, you know, she serves me, but no big deal. And then, like, an hour later, she comes back over, and she's like, hey, you're not 21, right? And I was like, no. And she was like, huh, Okay. <laughs> And then 10 minutes later, she came back over with her boss, and she was like, yeah, you know, he gave me a fake ID. He has to go. 
And I was like, what the hell? She narked on you? She narked me. And they took my fake. Wait, that was like sneaky as hell. You're right. She originally served me with my fake and then brought the manager over, like whatever it was, an hour or so later, and was like, yeah, no, not 21. What? And I served. And she knew I wasn't. And she, we went to high school together. I, I never thought we had a problem. Clearly, she didn't like me. You did me. her wrong at some point. That was retribution. <laughs> I'm not going to say her name because, you know, I have ill will towards her and I don't want people in my hometown to, like, you know, be mean to her or anything. But You have quite the hit list of people, by the way. You're a grudge holder. I've noticed this about yeah. you. I mean, look, she she ruined uh, that night for me. I mean, granted, I had my, my backup fake, but that got taken, like, a week later because I was a little too drunk at a bar and something happened. But Wow, that's um, a rough couple weeks for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but then my brother actually turns 21, and he just gave me his old real ID, and him and I kind of look like twins, so I used his real ID for that yep. next year. So, my buddy did that same thing once, Tom. Like, so he's, uh, they both went, we both went to Quinnipiac, or all three of us went to Quinnipiac, my friend and his older brother, and he was a year older. So, he just gave his friend, his brother, his, his old idea essentially when he got a new one. And there was this one night when we went out to this bar, and he like shows up, my friend Mike, he shows up and he gives the guy his ID, and the bouncer like looks at it and is like, hmm. Like, you're already in here. <laughs> oh, and he was no. like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's an yeah, observant so, bouncer. Uh, you're so, already yeah, so in the thing here. That, Yikes. Yeah, so the uh and honestly, shouts out to the to the facial recognition of that's that. That's what guy. I'm saying. Like that's totally. pretty impressive. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a short lived uh ID stint for my buddy Mike. But um Mike. Mine was my my fake ID story, I guess. So I had I didn't need one really at Quinnipiac. Because it was mostly house parties and things, and we and because of my friend, my, my friend's older brother, like we really never had any issues getting any sort of alcohol, so it was fine. But when I went to D.C. and because I am younger, like Michelle and I were talking about, um, so I went to D.C. when was this like 2009, I think, and I was 20, so I needed cause to go. I mean, to go out in D.C., like you need a fake idea. They're like around house parties or whatever. Right, right. I was essentially, doing like a semester there, and so. This guy that I knew through this program that I was there with essentially was like, all right, yeah, I'll hook you up. I know some people who have some extra ones. So he ends up giving me this ID. It was my first time that I ever needed one or used one. So I didn't really know what the protocol was. Like, I remember, I remember like the, the guy that Tom had, you know, was just talking about, about like, hey, come ID through chief. your freshman dorms. Like, hey, does anybody need one? <laughs> Whatever. Like, nah, that's stupid. I don't need that. I'll be fine. So I didn't really know what the deal was. So he ends up giving me this like old ID that he used to use. And it was a Pennsylvania ID. I don't remember the guy's name, but it was like something pretty generic. But the problem was he looked – the guy in the picture looked a lot like J.J. Watt, and that obviously is not what I look like. Mm-hmm. It was like this beefy dude with like a buzz cut Hot. who was like probably 6'2", 6'3". Probably somebody Michelle would be yeah. into. Yeah, what's his deal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's Unfortunately, up? I don't have the what's idea up, anymore. What's up, Steve's fake ID? So, so I was like, all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> the guy was like, don't worry. Like all they do is look at the – you know, make sure that the, the birthday is fine. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. So it worked like a bunch of different places. It worked like pretty much everywhere in D.C. Like I never had any issues with it. And then with like a couple months ago in my program, we were like, hey, we're going to go to the University of Maryland. We're gonna, what's up, Terps? We're going to go there for one night and like go to spars, whatever you heard was cool because it's like essentially like a, a ride on the red line away. I think the red line. Anyway, so I, we go there and I go to this bar and the bouncer immediately looks at me and is like, dude. <laughs> no. And it, I, it had worked so many times that I was like, I was defiant. I was like, no, this is like, it's me. Like, what are, what are we doing, dude? Like, come on, like, just let me in. It's fine. Like, I got all the information. I'm, I'm doing what Michelle did. I'm like, we're, I'm reciting every yeah. single piece of information on this card. Yeah. 
And he's like, well, okay, this is clear. I don't, has anybody ever looked at you in this picture before? This makes zero sense. It's not <laughs> you. Like, this is stupid. But I was, like, kind of buzzed probably at the time. And I was just, back in the day, if you'd be surprised, like, I was a pretty cocky dude and was probably super annoying. No, you're so pretty cocky. So I was cocky. like, you know, I was like, come on, dude. Like, whatever. Like, this is, like, just let me in, dude. This is dumb. So <laughs> I, I kept putting it. up a fight. And little did I know that there was an undercover police officer <gasps> across the street. So the guy, the bouncer, like, had had enough of me. Flags the police officer over, right? And immediately my buddy who I'm with was like, all right, we got to get out of here. Grabs (laughs) my arm and just starts like walking me away. But, you know, the guy like, you know, the the undercover cop flips his lights on and like we weren't that far. And he ends up sort of cornering us. And he takes out all my information, takes my ID and, you know, essentially cites me for it. I didn't, you know, get arrested or anything, but he, he cited me for it. So I was like panicking for sure. Absolutely panicking. The guy was like, don't worry, you need to get a court date, this, this. Long story short, I ended up only really having to do, like, 24 hours of community service. I moved I moved furniture for a while for, like, 24, hour, for 24 hours in D.C. I actually had to go back down there after <laughs> I was done because I didn't finish all my community service. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so what's up? So but the worst part about the whole situation was when I talked to this guy, when I talked to the the guy, the, the, the information people, I, think, I don't know if it was, it was the cop or somebody, but I gave them my information, right? I was like, please send the information and whatever citation you're going to give me to this address in D.C. Do not send it to my parents at home. Do not send it to them. He was whatever like, yeah, sure, okay, do. whatever. Of course he did. Like a week later, of course, he sends yep. the damn thing to my parents' house. So mm. my mom like calls me absolutely panicked, assuming that I'm going to do like hard time like years in jail uh calls like every lawyer she knows and is like we oh my god like he steven is in massive trouble and i'm just like okay it's like we need to settle but yeah seriously like we need to settle down so that was like the most that was like the weirdest part about the whole thing but like i said ultimately i only had to do about 24 hours community service what's up just you know giving back to the community what's up no yeah, there you deal. go um Shouts yeah, to so community was, service it, so it was fine so my yeah so unfortunately that was the end of my fake id days and it didn't end super well but you know it was an experience to say the least so did you get in major trouble with your parents how did your dad react no to that? my dad really didn't care my parents my dad is not a disciplinarian type and my mom is a warrior more than a disciplinarian mm. so it was panic from her for sure but like i was always going to be fine it wasn't the end of the world it wasn't going to be like something that was going to be you know hold me back for the rest of my life uh but my mom 100 percent thought that i was doing like five to ten years <laughs> was it that we're more disappointed in you steven mm. no 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 not really so your parents my are dad, just the coolest i mean my dad certainly was not like disappointed like he understood my mom was like i said more just like terrified of like that my future had been ruined at age 20 yeah because i like at, you know because i wanted to get into a bar when i was 20 and a half years old so yeah, it wasn't the end of the world. They so that we, it sounds like we have completely different upbringings because I was in trouble for everything all the time. I was basically a straight A student who never did anything bad. That's but the I, only child thing, though. Yeah, right? only child. I, mean, I was grounded yeah. all the time. My dad set the tone really early, especially in high school for me. The first time I ever got in major trouble, freshman year, rival football game my high school versus our rival high school and this guy from the rival high school I had met at a party and he wanted to he was a year older than me well he was actually my grade but a year older than me so he could drive he was 16 and was going to come pick me up for the football game so I get ready and I say to my dad hey I'm getting ready to go to the football game he goes okay cool I'll drive you I said no no I don't need a ride tonight 
So and so is coming to pick me up. My dad goes, "No, he's not." Oh, and I said, "Yes, he is. He's on his way." You know, this was before cell phones. I'm a hundred, so I couldn't just dial him up and be like, "Hey, turn around." Shoot him a text, say, "No mm-hmm. big deal." I was like, "Daddy's already on his way." And my dad goes, "All right, Michelle, you have a decision to make. You can either tell him when he gets here, hey, sorry, I'm not allowed to date. I'm not allowed to be in a car with boys. My dad's going to take me to the game. I'll meet you there. We'll have a lovely time." He goes, "Or you can choose the other." route here and you can go with him and see what awaits you when you come home and so of course i storm out i say i'm going to the game i came back my dad was sitting in the chair in the living room when i returned he's like do you have a good time i said yeah it was a blessing goes good you're grounded for three months (laughs) i missed homecoming sitting in the chair waiting oh my god i he i missed the homecoming dance i missed the homecoming football game other than going to school and going to soccer practice i could not do anything so, so that was a miss. Uh, that was a miss on your part there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you really misread that I mean, either situation. Either way, you oh, were yeah. going to hang out with this dude. Yeah, you just really wanted to ride in his car. Think about it, though. When you're <laughs> that age and a guy's coming to pick you up, I didn't want to run outside and be like, my dad won't let me get in the mm, car with embarrassing, you. Embarrassing, yeah. That, su- mean, that would have been such a lame move by me. True. I mean, in hindsight, was this dude worth it at all? Oh, my God, of course not. <laughs> I ended up yeah, dating so... one of his baseball teammates for like 10 years. Oh, what's up? Like, like two weeks later, Fuck I started dating somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I I was grounded when I started dating this other guy. He's like, how do you get to date her? I brought her to the football game. No, he was like, your dad's scary. <laughs> um, we're good here. Scary dads are, in hindsight, like kind of dope. Like, I think I want to be a scary dad when I grow up. I'm not going to you know? be a scary dad. Tom's not a scary no, dad. I'm no, Tom is like, do whatever you want. Here's all the candy in the world. Tom's like, like the mom from Mean Girls who's like, do you guys need anything? You keep me so young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally going to try and be friends with my kids. Soda, just... condom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love ya. <laughs> There's just no chance. <laughs> Although I, I want um, them to do well, though. You know? No, I want to be the guy. I want to be like, you know, like uh, p- for people who watch Very Cavalier, I can imagine Jay Cutler being like the intimidating, terrifying dad. Oh, like, yeah. He's going to sit in the corner and just like judge the hell out of you. <laughs> like n- you'll never know what kind of footing you stand on with him. Like that's the guy I want to be. That's 100% the kind of guy. And the guy and, I want to be. and he, he'll he be doing it just to fuck with the guy too. Yeah, like, he doesn't no, actually, actually he could be fuck. the best dude in the world and I'll be like, meh, you know, keep on his toes. <laughs> yeah. No, my dad was for sure the scary dad. <laughs> yeah. He yelled at many a boys. <laughs> yeah. he. I mean, I was gr- I'm was. i telling you, I was grounded all the time. I got grounded quite a bit, but I kind of deserved it, I think. It was more for just, like, being an asshole at school and stuff like that. And there was actually one you, time. What did you do at school? Yeah, just, you know, like, misbehaving in class, talking too much, you know, getting, like, a yeah, bad behavior yeah. report on a report card. Like, yeah, I could yeah, see it. You know, like, if, if it's the bill. It, it, there would be, you know, you'd have your grades, and I'd get, you know, A's and B's, and then on the side, they'd have, like, a number system for, like, your behavior, and I'd always get, like, a three or a four, which was the, it was out of, one was the highest, th- four was the lowest, I'd always get a three or a four in, like, self-control and yep. conduct, and I always would get in trouble for that. I mean, someone still argue that you get about a three and four in self-control. Honestly, that seems to be a theme throughout your lifetime. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, so there was this one time where I got grounded and I wasn't allowed to drive my car. And my parents went out for the night. They went to, like, the movies or something. Maybe it was sister's soccer tournament. I don't know. They were gone. And I was like, oh, well, parents are away. I'm going to drive my car. So hop in the car, pick up my friends. I'm driving around. We go to the high school hockey game. We're having a good time, having some laughs. And, uh, you know, it's me, and I got the car full. Like, in Rhode Island, when you're a certain age, you can only have one person in the car that's not related to you. But I had, like, five kids in my Ford Taurus, just, like, packed. And I'm driving down the highway in my town, 
probably 10.30 at night or whatever. And I, I had no idea when my parents were getting home. I just, you know, I was being kind of reckless. And I'm driving on the highway, blah, 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 and I merge onto the highway. And I cut off a car on the highway, but I thought I was in the right. So I beep at the car and I flip him off, you know, super cocky. I'm like, okay, whatever, no big deal. Didn't really think anything of it after that. Next day, I wake up, and my dad was like, hey, so uh, you were driving around last night, right? I was like, no, no, no. I was, you know, I couldn't. I was, I was grounded. He was like, you merge onto the highway last night around 1030? And I was like, no, no, no. He was like, you cut someone off, you beep at him, and you flip them off? And I, I had nothing to say. He's like, yeah, that was me. Oh. You flipped me off and you you beeped at me. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait, this doesn't add up at all. Yes. You didn't know this was your dad. No, because I was I was just a young driver. It's night. I don't I don't you know what's going on. No, it was your dad's car. No, you didn't know didn't, nothing didn't about think, that. Did not think once about it. Like if I ever, my dad always drove black Tahoes. If I ever saw a black Tahoe, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" How my dad drove <laughs> at the time was a just a black, like very generic Lexus, like very like not discernible in any way. And couldn't you see him with all those kids in the car, not even checking his blind spots? <laughs> no, just yeah, cutting just people flipping off. everybody off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just being just being as 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 New England as he can. Yeah, right. So then asshole. I and then I get back and when I got home that night, I thought I was scot free. They weren't they weren't back yet. I was like, great. Went to bed. Thought I thought I was in the clear. Wake up that next morning and uh, yeah, not great. So I was then grounded for a month. I probably should have been grounded for much longer than that. Yeah, how did you say, get a month and I got bad. three months? Yeah, well, I think when I was grounded, it was more trouble than it was worth because I'd be home. Yeah, they didn't want oh, you to be around. <laughs> yeah, kindly get out of the house. Yeah. yeah, but that was easily the worst timing of trying to break the rules that anyone has ever had, I'd say. It was terrible. I'm sad to see it, I'm sad to say it, but we've come to the end of the road. Game of Thrones aired the series finale on Sunday night, and you know we've got to break it down, a ton to get into. But for the final time here on Small Talk, let's bring in our Game of Thrones correspondent, Tommy Reese. He comes to us from the house of South Bend, Indiana. A warrior on the gridiron, converting over 60 touchdowns in over four years of battle. A two-time bowl champion in his own right. Let us talk Game of Thrones with Notre Dame quarterback coach Sir Tommy Reese. I have to start this conversation off with an apology <laughs> because <laughs> every week I either email or text the guys, hey, let's talk about one, two, three. Usually I try and give three bullet points from the episode just so we know how to structure the conversation because we're all in three different locations, so it's easier to navigate if you do it that way. And all this time, all this energy that we've put into this season, I texted Tommy Reese and said, hey, what do you think about this person being on the throne? We're going to get into it later. And I totally spoiled it for him. So he had he wrote back, hey, I'm watching the episode right now. Did not know. Well, I guess I can say it. If you got to this point of the podcast, you know. Yeah. He's like, didn't know that Bran sat on the throne. Thanks for that hot tip. Oh, no. I was I was probably like 12 minutes away from oh. like him being, you know, throned. And so, like, I think that, you know, Jamie, or not, or not Jamie, sorry, Tyrion had just seen Jamie and Cersei. He had talked to John. I think they were just getting to, like, the dragon pit. 
at that point, mm-hmm. and I get this text, oh. and like down in the text, like the third bullet point was like, "How do you feel about Brand on the throne?" <laughs> well, okay, we'll see when that happens. But no, it's all right. It was bound to happen. I mean, no spoiler. It was all right. I was oh, fine with it. My apologies. I was just. It's t- really my fault. I waited like twenty four hours to watch the episode, and I actually started the episode and fell asleep. Ooh. And instead of like like being like fragmented and like in and out of sleep at my friend's place, I just got up and left in the middle of the episode. So like I had seen like the first five or ten minutes on Sunday, and I'd been traveling, so like I fell asleep and I didn't want to like come in and out of sleep while the episode was going on. So I just left. I just walked out of the place, and so no worries, it was bound to happen. Yeah, I'm. I sorry. mean, Vegas kind of spoiled it, really. I mean, Vegas was all over. Yeah, the when the, like, yeah, you're right. The line, the line went down to like minus five hundred, and I was like, "Okay, well, they know." So, well, yeah. I thought you knew anyway because he was your prediction. So I figured that somebody had texted you that had listened to this podcast, being like, "Tommy Reese, genius, knew that Brand was going to sit no, on the throne." I just like read some articles about some stuff, and you know, he was always sitting, and that was my theory, <laughs> and I stuck with it, and so. <laughs> I guess it ended up being true. Sitter. Yeah. You know what? Born to sit. All right. Well, uh, you falling asleep during the episode, I think, isn't indicative of you. It's of perhaps how boring the episode was. No. Really controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. So I want you guys to rate the episode from one to ten. <clears throat> how did you think the final episode stacked up? Steve, we'll start with you. So I think there are two trains of thought here. Like, I understand people's issues with the final season. It was 100% rushed. And it was not like the previous six. I will say season seven and eight were clearly different than seasons one through six. I like them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I wish they had. A, I wish that, you know, money didn't exist. And because, I mean, I think several of these actors weren't going to end up playing. They didn't want to play these characters for another two, three, four, five years. So unfortunately, I think we were in a place where it sort of had to be this way. And I, I'll say this. I, I think everything that the show sort of laid out. I don't know how you can complain about the ending at all because this is what it was all leading to. Now, you can argue about how it got there and whether or not they had – I mean, they certainly rushed the Daenerys going mad, the Mad Queen storyline. Um, they honestly kind of just stopped even showing her point of view for a lot of the season, which was very strange because she was like a point of view character for so long. And you didn't really get to see kind of her becoming the Mad Queen, which was regrettable and I think did sort of hurt – how you felt about her at the end of the show. But I think the entire time we really knew that John was never going to sit on the Iron Throne. I didn't think we didn't know exactly what was going to happen to him. Most people thought he was going to go up north and reunite with Ghost. Shouts out to Ghost for mm-hmm. getting the uh, the goodbye that he deserved. Um, so, <laughs> or the and hello I think most he deserved. Pe- or the hello, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I, and I think most people didn't believe Danny was ever going to sit on the Iron Throne as well because, and most people saw the Mad Queen thing coming. I think for all of the outcomes that could have been, this was the most logical one to me. And Bran sitting, Bran sitting on the Iron Throne makes sense. And now we have to figure out, by the way, who was technically right, because there technically is no Iron Throne anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't be sitting on that. And who knows like what Westeros will look like. Obviously, the North is independent. I, I would imagine that other you know, some of the other kingdoms are going to want to be independent as well in the future if they ever did some sort of spinoff. But I think Bran sitting on the Iron Throne makes sense. Listen, he... Knows the history of the world. He is a green seer. He could potentially see into the future. Like he is the perfect person to sit there objectively. He's really not a Stark anymore, as he's said several times. So it's not like the Starks dominate 
all of Westeros as well. I think he has, you know, unique abilities and he has a good council around him to sort of lead Westeros into the future. And it's not going to be some sort of like lineage thing where he has, and he obviously, as Sansa so eloquently pointed out, he cannot have kids anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, he will have heirs that will then lead, you know, the, the seven kingdoms into the future, the six, six kingdoms now. So I have no issues with how the show ended. I think I have issues with how they got there. My main issue with the show and the ending was Bran basically a couple episodes ago essentially said, I don't want things anymore. I don't even want to be the heir to, you know, so I don't want to rule Winterfell. So why all of a sudden does he want to rule? Why does, why does he want to rule the Six Kingdoms now? That to me is pretty confusing. I guess you can talk your way into saying, oh, he knew this was going to happen all along. That's why he sort of put everyone in position to become the king. His line of saying, like, why did you think I came all the, all this way? I think you can sort of explain that away, but I don't think they did a good, a good enough job of convincing me that was the case i will say this i thought daenerys and some of the the shots in the last episode were incredible the shot obviously of the dragon of Mm -hmm. of dragon flying behind her and it was like almost like a star wars type thing where she has all of her troops just out there and it's very dark and there's ash flying from the sky i mean it was absolutely beautiful to watch and i will say that when right before john killed her I was completely convinced that she was crazy. Now, I I probably needed several hours, if not another season, to get me there originally. But the way that she was acting, essentially saying these people can live in my world, they can die, and I will decide what's good and what's evil and what's right and what's wrong— I was convinced that, that, like, hey, she needs to go. Like, this absolutely has to happen. Mm -hmm. She has has turned the corner for the worse— so like I said, I think all of the end the end scenarios of what happened, I think I could I can logically say, okay, that makes sense. How we got there is a whole other question. I would rate are we gonna do you want me to rate this yes, rate the episode? Rate I would give it an eight just because I think it was it was certainly a happy ending and eight. I think it was a somewhat uh, yeah, and I think and I wow. think it was an awesome episode as far as like the way that it looked, the cinematography. I thought Tyrion was really strong in the episode. I know a lot of people had issues with him basically talking his way out of being an, a prisoner to being like the hand of the king again. But that's Tyrion. That's who he is. That's what he does. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I, the, the whole season, I wouldn't give an eight, but I would give an eight to the finale. Tommy, I'll just start with my score. I'd probably give like a four or four and a half on the episode. I mean, I don't have an issue with where most people ended up, so I agree with Steve on that. I thought Sansa got the best deal. You know, the fact that she gets to stay in the North, she gets to stay independent. I thought the scene at the end when she's walking through and everyone's saying Queen of the North, like, that gave me chills. I was pumped about that. Mm -hmm. Her storyline came full circle, right? I mean, she did not want anything to do with the North. Her entire life, she wanted to be in Westeros. She wanted to be queen there, marry a king. And it came full circle to her. All she wanted to do was stay in the North, stay in her land. She, early on in the seasons, was probably the least Stark person, like the least like all their Starks. And I thought it was really cool how how her character came around and actually ended up being the person that stays in the North, which I was pumped about that. The problem with the episode to me, really, it felt rushed. And the whole season did, like like you said, Steve. But more than anything, like there wasn't a lot of climax in the episode. And you go back and watch the other seasons that kind of stays consistent because usually the ninth episode or the second to last episode was always the big episode i mean that was the red wedding episode that was the episode where they used the green fire that's when ned stark got beheaded i think that was the battle of the bastards so i think the second to last episode is always the big episode and then the last one is kind of like all right well where does everything else fall into place which i get that kind of stays consistent but I thought there could have been more parts where there was a climax. It just seemed very anticlimactic. Obviously, Daenerys' death, like, I actually liked how she died. And, and you're right. I mean, she was batshit crazy at the end of it. I mean, 
when she's like speaking to the, her soldiers and the dragons there, I mean, that's full on, that's a tyrant leader. And I think they try to paint that picture. Like, look how crazy she has become. Look how chaotic and, and how, you know, just out of control this group has, has become. I mean, it's rubble behind them. Everything's demolished. They're going crazy. And she's up there like this true tyrant that she's become. And then when her and John talk, it's, hundred percent this girl has changed completely who she is she has lost control of her own actions and, and she's got to go i thought the way she was killed was pretty cool i liked actually the scene of the dragon burning down the throne you know i thought that you know from a from a viewpoint from you know just viewing the show i thought that was pretty special the character to me that kind of like didn't do much and then stole the show was Tyrion. i mean he ultimately chose everything that happened he convinced John that Danny needed to go, right? So he was the guy that gave John the word, like, hey, you need to look at this. You know, look at it from your viewpoint. Would you handle things this way? He really, you know, convinced John that, hey, you need to kill Danny. Like, she's got to go. And then he's in chains when he's speaking to the council, and he's the one that puts Bran in the situation to sit on the throne. So, like, if you look at the episode, Tyrion's the winner. Tyrion's the one that decided the fate of the Seven Kingdoms, essentially. He was the one that put all the pieces together. So, like, if you look at it truly, who won the Game of Thrones, if you want to call it that, to me it was Tyrion. He had everything, you know, go exactly what he thought it should at the end. And um, I thought he was awesome in this episode. You know, he hadn't done a whole lot this season, but, like, that was vintage Tyrion to me. You know, even when he's talking about Varys' death and how he's his closest friend and, you know, their ashes would look to each other and say, you know, I told you so. I thought the whole his whole episode was great. You know, the one thing I wanted, and I don't know if I'm rambling too much here, but I don't know where the fuck the Unsullied get off thinking that they can start, like, making decisions. <laughs> like, yeah, Grey Worm, Ego Grey Trip. Worm? Yeah, like, whoa, man. Like, pump your brakes. Like, this whole season or this whole series, You've just been an obedient follower of Danny. Now, all of a sudden, you're making decisions and saying what and what Jon Snow cannot do. I wanted a trial by combat for Jon Snow, Jon Snow versus Grey Worm. Like, that's what I was rooting for nice. the whole episode. Of. Have these two battle to see what the fate is. The part that really bothered me, I like where everyone ended up. I'm good with Bran sitting on the throne. He is the most knowledgeable. He'll be the most fair. I'm fine with Arya kind of going off because that's who she's always been. She's always been a wanderer. She's always been an explorer. Like, there really was no other place for her. The part that bums me out is Jon Snow. And I get that he is a northerner. He loves it up there. Like, that's kind of where he's always been at. But, like, to me, he was, like, the true, like, leader. Like, he was a great leader of men throughout the entire show. And I know he made some questionable decisions, but people followed him. Like, he had innate ability to be followed by groups of people. He's also the freaking heir to the throne. And so now we're just sending the heir to the throne to the wall. I mean, and, and really, what, what does the wall now need? Like, what is the benefit of the Night Watch? Like, there are no more Army of the Dead. The Northerners, Tormund and his group, they're friends. So, like, what is the Night Watch now doing? Like, where does his role really take place? So, to me, I was kind of bummed out about John's storyline. I mean, he had done so much. He had sacrificed so much. He had made so many moves. Um, he ultimately killed the Mad Queen, and now he's being sentenced to the wall, which I get. He's a northerner. He likes it up there. But I would have liked to see him have a little bit different of a path. I'm so with you. I'm giving this a three. 
I was so bummed out watching. I thought it was so boring. It was such a snooze from start to finish. I mean, did I need the scene of Tyrion climbing the rubble and finding Cersei and Jaime? I didn't. We know that they're dead. That seemed like a hollow path for him. I didn't really understand that. I liked that John killed Danny. I thought that that was inevitable. I liked that it was kind of the kiss of death that she went in for the smooch and he stabbed her. I thought that was pretty cool. But then let's talk about Drogon. Like, what the hell, man? He's going to take her body and fly away? What's the point of that? Then there was no follow-up there. How did people find out that John killed her? Did he come forward and say, hey, guys, killed her? You know, it just seemed like all of a sudden he stabs her, the throne is burnt down, Drogon flies away with her body, and then boom, everyone is there knowing that John killed her. There was just no following of the bouncing ball. There was nothing connecting that thread for me, which I thought was super lame. Also, I am with you on Tyrion. I obviously wanted Tyrion to sit on the throne, and I thought that he wielded an unbelievable amount of power for a guy in shackles who's been locked up for a while. These are supposed to be the most powerful people that you're going to assemble to run this joint, and then you're going to let your prisoner essentially tell you what's going to happen. That made no sense to me. And I also really just want to start the Justice for John campaign. How much more do you want from this guy? He has done everything you've ever asked. He's been a loyal soldier. He brought the freaking wildlings into Night's Watch for God's sake. He assembled everyone together to defeat the Night King. Without this guy, you'd all be corpses as we speak. And then you're going to just banish him to the wall and he can't take a wife? You know he's into wildlings. That's rude. He can't have any kids? You know John would be an awesome dad. That's just none of it seemed fair to me. Yeah, I agree. Like, I haven't I, been a huge Jon Snow fan, like, the whole season or the whole series. Like, I liked him, you know, like, a normal amount. But for whatever reason, when, like, his storyline came or his, you know, hey, he's going to the wall, he can't have a wife, he can't have kids, I was like, really? Like, this fucking dude's the hero of the show, and this is how we're treating him? Right. Like, that bummed me out big time. Major bummer. All right, but I, let me just, uh, okay, let me just <laughs> argue this other side, though. Okay, John, first off. Who, who has shown multiple times throughout this entire show that he, whenever is given power, is absolutely fucking terrible with it. Absolutely terrible with it. And he has always stated that he doesn't like that aspect of it. He's a, he's good at war. He's good at fighting. He's even said this, but he doesn't like it. But he he's not good at leading people. He's not good at being the lord of a kingdom or, you know, because he, he's too honorable. He tells the truth too often. He's not good at things like that. Plus, he doesn't want to do it. Plus, he loves the North. He wants to be back up there. He wants to, I mean, essentially, they have been putting these little tea leaves throughout the entire show and like these little, you know, nuggets of John is going to end up in the North one day because he wants to be back up there. I don't, I have no idea with you. I'm with you, Tommy. I have no idea what the wall is going to be for, but maybe it'll, I mean, he's essentially there to create whatever the new wall and the new night's watch is going to be. Outside of him being in love with Daenerys and not wanting to like go behind her. Are you sure he doesn't want to rule? Cause like he ruled many times throughout mm-hmm. the series. He was the King of the North. He's led the night's watch. You know, he led the group north of the wall. Like, All things that he never wanted to do, though. But he was good at it. Eh, right. and I like, don't think he was that good at it. I think, I mean, he went north of the wall, and they captured a freaking White Walker, which was his plan. I mean, they won the Battle of the Bastards. Which was a terrible idea. But it worked. Yep. It worked. But it worked. It worked, Steve. I mean, the whole point of that was to convince Cersei to come, and she never came. So I don't know what, how, that, that apparently, that was all for not. But then Jamie came. 
How many White like Walkers did he kill? Like six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got, but you, hey, he's the Kingslayer. You got one really good soldier out of it. I mean, hey, one's better than zero. I, I just wanted John after all the shit that he went through to be happy, and I think ultimately he's going to be happy without a lot of responsibility in the North. And who knows? Like he was riding off with the Wildlings. I don't even know. Like we, I think they sort of left that up for interpretation of what you want. If is he going to rebuild the Night's Watch? Is he going to just be a Wildling essentially now? Well, he I don't didn't know. Seem pumped so about I thought his that fate. was actually kind of cool. I mean, I don't think he would have wanted to stay in King's Landing or whatever the hell is left of King's Landing for sure. I mean, that that wasn't his scene. He was essentially like Sansa in that way. Ultimately, for me, Bran was the only logical guy because obviously Arya never would have never wanted it. Sansa wasn't going to be in King's Landing. Jon didn't want it. I mean, who else are we talking about at this point? By the way, one of the best parts of the entire episode was when Edmure just stands up and shoots his shot and gets immediately shot down by everyone being like, dude, sit, sit the fuck down. Like, yeah. You're not going to be the next king. Like You're stupid. And we're not doing this. And then Sam saying, like, hey, let's let's try democracy out. And then everyone laughs him off basically back into his chair. Right. Uh, those were two underrated scenes in the, in, in the show that I just. Yeah. But there was really nobody else that was going to be that was going to sit on the Iron Throne. And it certainly wasn't going to be John. And I think it's really hard to be like, hey, you know, this guy just killed the queen. Let's make him the king. Like, that's a bad precedent to set in a new world that they're trying to create. I really just make John happy. Yeah, like, but is he happy up there? I don't think so. He looked really bummed out. I think out. he is. I'm no, I think he, he is. A, like, like, the part that, like, made me upset is, like, so now the Stark family is just split, and, like, they're never going to see each other again. Yeah. So that's, just, that's just it. They're saying goodbye. Like, they're all doing their own thing. Like, they're so close-knit. But they were never going to be so kumbaya. Yeah, but they say the pack survives, but then it's like, all right, peace. See you later. Thanks for everything. Glad well, we're alive. It doesn't mean that they don't like still love each other and that they don't support each other. But Arya wants to do her own thing, and she's apparently going to turn into like the modern day Lewis and Clark, Christopher Columbus type. That's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that spinoff. Although apparently there is. <laughs> you nothing would be. Less, You're so a big map guy. Sansa, Sansa, <laughs> Sansa obviously was going to rule. I am a big map guy. Too, <laughs> Sansa was going to rule the North, and Bran. Who knows? Like I don't think there was any realistic option for them to all just like live together and be happy Starks again. That just wasn't going to happen. I thought the council scene, it was too anticlimactic for me. I thought there were some good lines, and it was good to kind of see some of the characters. I loved when Arya goes, say another word about killing my brother, and I'll cut your throat. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that yeah, was fantastic. And then I thought when Bran kind of responded, hey, why do you think I came all this way? Like, I thought that was another Bran line where I just was cracking up. Like, the guy, like, hey, can we just get one real answer? Something just normal, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, how about Bran, but- too? Like, Bran... You know, essentially when they were like, because I actually liked the small council meeting. I thought that got back to like what made Game of Thrones really great. I like Tyrion arranging the chairs because that's just like a such a Tyrion thing to do. But how about Bran essentially being like, all right, you guys like figure out the money situation, figure out how to get fresh water. I'm going to go try to find like the dragon. Like he didn't he didn't even really have any interest in like being right. a ruler, which is kind of funny, which I- is I think what Tyrion wanted. I think having yep. brand rule is brilliant. I tweeted this because it's like the classic workplace dynamic where everyone is going to talk shit about the boss. Everyone in Westeros is going to be like, oh, my God, Brand is so annoying. He's always talking in visions. He's the worst. Tough nickname, too, by the way. Brand the Broken. Like, yeah. That's not cool brand the Broken doesn't really inspire me to want to follow him. Let's be honest. Is he the guy without a penis? God damn it, Tom. Yeah, he has a <laughs> penis. I don't, think it, I don't think it works, though. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a few. There's a few. Oh, there's a few dudes yeah, without penises a few on the show. Missing. Yeah, oh. Grey oh, Worm, lot, yeah. Theon, the entire army of the Varys. Unsullied, yeah. Varys. Wow, eunuchs. A lot of dickless on that show. Hmm. You realize this was your only contribution ever to the Game of Thrones <laughs> conversation. 
He made the open. Steve, Steve, I do agree. Like that small council at the end, that's like probably from the entire show. That's like four or five of the best characters in the entire show. Like mm-hmm. Sir Davos, Braun of Blackwater, Hod makes an appearance, Brienne's there. The fact that those are the people ending up making the decisions, like I really enjoy that those four or five kind of put it, and then Sam was there as well, were put into the position that they were. Like that made me happy at the end. But I don't know, the episode just left me feeling unsatisfied. I wanted more. I needed to be surprised a little more. Maybe that's because of Michelle's text that I wasn't as surprised. <laughs> but, sorry. You know, like, like a like some sort of combat, like a trial by combat or but, some sort of like disagreement. Like everybody just got on board with Bran after Tyrion's two-minute speech. That just seemed like there was so much buildup the entire show on who was going to sit on the throne. And then it was ultimately decided, you know, in the dragon pit in about five minutes. And I get but, they were rushed for time and I, and I get all that. But I just needed a little more something throughout the episode. I, I, I wish after, they had shown John. Yeah, I wish they had shown John, and I wish that John, because like obviously if Tyrion was was a prisoner, why couldn't John also be there if he's a prisoner? That didn't make sense to me. I totally understand. This show is a victim of its own success, right? Because the, there was so much popularity, and there was so much um, interest, and there were so many Reddit threads and different theories on different things that people essentially guessed the ending like years ago, and. Unfortunately, you know, what are you supposed to do? They've laid out all these different things that they're going to do. And George R. R. Martin, like, basically said, if you, the plot of your movie or your book or whatever is that the butler did it and people fi- and the fans figure out that the butler did it with a several seasons or books to go, you can't just change your story into like, OK, well, maybe now the handmaid did it because like because I need to keep people on their toes. That just wouldn't have worked because all the groundwork that they sort of laid out in the first, I would say, six seasons that were really where they were doing most of the most of that heavy lifting would make no sense. So I think the surprise of Danis, da- Daenerys, I'm sorry, being murdered by John, you know, is a pretty huge thing that happens. But we weren't surprised because it was something that we had seen coming for seasons and seasons on end. All right. So now that all of this is over, we have all invested so much time into this. What's it been? Eight years, nine years, ten years? I mean, Basically, almost a decade of everyone's lives that they've been invested into this show. So look at the series in totality. What's your final takeaway from Game of Thrones? So this is a very Lord of the Ringsian thing, and I'm going to kind of nerd out. But, like, life to me is more about the journey than the ending. And the journey that Game of Thrones gave me for the better part of a decade is something that I will miss immensely and I don't know if there will ever be a show that will take that place um, in my mental capacity in my heart or whatever and even though it wasn't a perfect ending and I won't argue with anyone who says it was a disappointing ending to the show I think it's absolutely asinine and absurd that people would sit here and say that 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 they wasted their time when that show gave them at a minimum six years of amazing television and amazing storytelling in ways that we have never seen before on TV. And I think the idea that, like, I saw people being like, oh, time to cancel my HBO subscription. This is bullshit. And you're like, if you live your life that way, like, and you can't just enjoy something, even if it wasn't perfect, then I just, I, I kind of feel bad for you in the end. So for me, like I said, the journey that Game of Thrones gave me for the better part of a decade, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. And I, I can't thank the people who were involved enough for how much joy that it, that it brought me and how much, like, just entertainment that it brought me for 10 years. Surdy, are you going to cry on the podcast? I am not going to cry, <laughs> but I get really pissed off at people who, like, because I feel bad because a lot of these people put in a ton of hard work and the circumstances weren't perfect. And, sure, like, I, you know, everyone has a right to their own opinion, 
and I'm not even talking to this about you guys. It's mostly just like bullshit people on Twitter who like to complain about everything. <laughs> but the idea that like you wasted your time and that like all of a sudden like you hate the writers and you hate the actors like that just to me is so 2019 and it's embarrassing for like just the way that society is today. So I just I, I am not like that, and I will always I will always seriously cherish like the times that I got Sunday nights watching the show because like I said I don't think I'll ever have anything like it again. That was deep, Steve, and thank you for that TED talk. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> so let's just put a bow on this, Tommy. What is your final takeaway from Game of Thrones? Yeah, the ending did not sour. You know how much I enjoyed the show over the last eight years, whatever it was. I think Steve touched on it earlier. Like, I don't know what the perfect ending was. I don't even know if there is an ending. I feel like any way this show had ended, it would have been, people would not have been satisfied. And I didn't love the last episode, but I actually did like the last season. Like, I probably liked the final season more than the final episode, which might be opposite of most people. But, look, the show was being squeezed into 13 episodes over the last two seasons, and we all knew that's all the time we had left. And, you know, we probably could have used a couple more seasons, but that wasn't in the cards. So I think for me, the show really, you know, if the ending was a little bit better, it would be right up there with the Sopranos, like for my you know favorite show of all time. But, you know, it probably just falls a little bit short of that. You know, I didn't get to watch the Sopranos live, like, you know, week to week, like I got to do with Thrones. So, I mean, for the last eight years or whatever, every Sunday night, it was Thrones. I mean, you were looking forward to it every single week. And then when it wasn't on, you were devastated. So I think the show was very powerful. I think part of the things that were that was so cool was that people were trying to figure out exactly what, it's, what each move meant and what the hidden messages were. Like, I thought the depth of the show is really what enthralled people and got people to pay so close attention. Like, those Reddit streams and people, you know, trying to figure out what every little thing meant. It was really what captivated people. And in the end, I think the fact that a lot of those little symbols and a lot of those little tips didn't come true is ultimately why people were were a little bummed out by the ending. But for me, you know, the show's still right there, top three, you know, four of my favorite shows of all time. It's as entertaining as anything I've ever watched. I hope there's some sort of, not spinoff, but Game of Thrones world. You know, maybe they'll, they'll follow Arya on her adventures or maybe there'll be a movie or something because I don't think people are going to ever want to give that up, and I hope that they come up with some sort of show over the next couple of years to, to complement Thrones. I'm with both of you guys. I think we all have recency bias, and because this final season was rushed, certain people are saying, oh, you know, it wasn't that great. I've wasted all this time. The fact that so many people even watched it is nuts. I mean, it was honestly like watching the Super Bowl every week and having everyone debate it the way we would a sporting event. And I wonder if we're ever going to have a show that connects this many people at once ever again. I was reading an article. I forget who put it out, but it was basically the premise of it was, is Game of Thrones the last big water cooler show that we're ever going to have? Because now there's so much content being churned out all the time and it comes out on Netflix or whatever on demand so people binge things and you don't consume it the same way so I thought it was a brilliant show I of course as we mentioned did not love the ending but how many endings do you like I liked the end of the Sopranos but a lot of people hated the end of the Sopranos I think oftentimes you can't really end a show that well and it was really fun and I'm gonna miss it and I'm gonna miss these conversations it's a a bummer that this is our last Game of Thrones breakdown with you Tommy Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun for me. I've been excited every week to do it. You know, I've been 
you know, it gave me something to do during these weeks. Or, you know, I'm traveling a bunch, and no, it was a great little outlet, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And freeze pops if you're up in Chicago or if I'm down there in St. Louis, I'll you know look you guys up. But yes. no, I had a blast doing it. So hell yeah, man, I'm gonna miss you. Oh my god, are you gonna yeah. cry well, don't, again? Don't cry, please Jeez. don't cry. Do you see how hard Tommy he was rooting for Saruti to cry? Yeah, he I don't want to be the only one. Him the hook. <laughs> Can't be the only one, Tommy. I'm sad that's over. I am too. Tommy's my guy, man. I know I said it last week, but I really mean it. Great dude. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to come on with us every week. He, but he was pumped up about the podcast, and he was pumped up about Game of Thrones. So it just goes to show you that a good show can bring random people together. So shout out to Tommy Reese. And shout out to Jon Snow for killing Daenerys. See, I don't know what that means. A lot of innocent people would have died at her hands had she continued to rule. She's crazy. She became the Mad Queen. Mm, you don't want that. But you know what? We didn't get into this with Tommy and Steve, so you probably won't understand this. But watching it, part of me kind of felt for her. I was on the Danny Sucks train for a long time, even prior to this season. Mm-hmm. I Because I binged it all recently and just really felt like she had gone power hungry. But at the end, I could really feel her desperation and the fact that she needed to continue on with this so that her entire life was proven right and that it wasn't a waste, if that makes sense. She was climbing towards this goal her entire life. She was told, this is your destiny. You need to do this. She sacrificed everything to get there. And so I think she was like, well, I'm already here. Got to push forward. I respect that. Yeah, but everyone else is like, you just murdered an entire city. Mm, don't respect that. Probably not the best play. Did she cut off all those dudes' penises? No. She burned a lot of people alive. Oh, wow. Like. That's a hell of a way to kill someone. Tens of thousands, yeah, by a dragon. Oof. Oh. <laughs> she ordered a dragon to burn people alive? Flew around in the sky and rained fire on everyone. Oh, fire raining on me is not a way I'd like to go out. Yeah. Like, I'd like to go out just in my sleep, maybe. I mean, that... <laughs> Not I to think, get morbid here. I think that would be the ideal way. <laughs> Anyways, let's read some reviews. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and on this episode of Small Dog, ideal ways to die. <laughs> Don't want to burn to death. No. All right. You know what time it is. If you haven't already, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, click on it, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, review it. Like our friend, D.W. Fieldsop. Whoa. That's a hell of a name. D.W. Fieldsop. <laughs> Sop. Sop, Sop. Orange and Blue Review. Probably my Illini peeps. Okay. Five stars. Great show. The dialogue between the three PSP hosts reminds me of how my friends from college and I talk. Game of Thrones recap has been a real highlight. Instead of the DK Book Club, we need a PSP TV show club with GOT gone. Also... Oh, orange and blue. This makes sense. Also, as a Gainesville resident and UF alum, I feel like we need to have Michelle and Freeze Pop, so Rudy's welcome too, come back down here for a football weekend in the swamp. We can do November if you want less swamp. Let's crush some brews, relive our favorite Ron Zook moments together. Keep up the good work, y'all. One of the best listens in the SVP and Rosillo universe. Certainly better than some Rosillo December NBA talk, as Tommy <laughs> Reese said. 
That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So much so, to break down Yeah. Here. First of all, definitely we'll go back to Gainesville at some point. I was a huge Tim Tebow Florida fan. I root for Tebow to make it to the major leagues in baseball. I loved him when he was on the Pats. I want him to be Brady's successor. Love Tebow. Would love to go down to Gainesville for a football game. So yes to that. Yeah, I was there in the dead of summer when no one was on campus. I didn't, of course, did not get the true Florida experience. Right, not as fun. Not as fun. And it was hot as, when I said it it was a swamp, it was hot as hell. Ooh, I feel like a hot swamp doesn't smell great either. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was just very, you know that, my, you've been to Miami, right? Yeah. You know that humidity in Florida when it just smacks you in the face as soon as you walk outside? It's hard to, like, even process it when it hits you. Like, yeah. Am I supposed to go back inside? It's like, like that here in St. Louis. Just wait for the summer. It oh, gets so humid no. here. Oh, it's so gross. It's like your entire body gets sticky because mm. it's so sweaty and humid. But so I'm in Florida. I'm in Gainesville, and it's that humidity, and you're landlocked. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> right. But, yes, I definitely would lo- obviously love to go down for a, a Gator football game. Hell, yeah. And I really love... Our guy's idea about, instead of a DK book club, a PSP TV show club. Yeah, so what we need to do is figure out a show that the three of us either already watch that is about to have a new season, Mm -hmm. or all three of us need to pick a show that we haven't watched and binge it together week by week. So Mm -hmm. we should figure that out, because that is a good idea. And we, we, we love that. soliciting ideas from listeners. We kind of did that with Very Cavalier. It sort of happened organically like that. Right. Yeah. And we, we all love Jay Cutler. And we kind of missed the boat on season two there. Kind of snuck up on us. It was a busy time. Right. Uh, maybe we could binge season two of Very Cavalier belatedly. I think we can do better. Yeah. we probably <laughs> We probably could. Um, like Game of Thrones, Very Cavalier. Well, I really like uh, Big Little Lies, and I know that's coming back. Yes. So maybe the we do a weekly great. Big Little Lie recap, a BLL recap, a BLL club. PSP BLL? Mm. I'm in. Do we need a BLL correspondent? If you would like to be one and you have <laughs> some notoriety like Tommy Reese, <laughs> come back on with us. I come be- on with us. I bet we could pretty easily find somebody we know. In the biz to come mm. on and talk BLL. Maybe in the TV biz. Let's yeah, get an like, actor or an actress on Honestly, with us. like, shout out HBO, sponsor us. <laughs> if we end up doing BLL, we've dedicated a lot of content to HBO content. Yeah. I, or a lot of time to HBO content. You think Streep would come on with us? Witherspoon? Meryl? What do you think? I bet I could get Zoe Kravitz. Ooh, I love Zoe Kravitz. I knew that's where this was going to go. <laughs> How can you not, though? She's so cool. You just look at her, you're like, you're the coolest girl ever. She 100% is the coolest. Right? Like, just everything about her is She cool. looks like the best hang ever. Totally. Except you'd hang with her and undoubtedly feel badly about yourself. Oh, 100%. Because she'd be doing all these cool things. Like, I don't know, drinking like organic shit or like oh, no, no. cutting she'd her have... food in a certain way. Or like she'd, she'd be wearing cool stuff and she'd be doing it like without even thinking twice about it and you're like oh fuck like why am i not doing that shit she'd be like what are you drinking i'm like water what are you drinking she'd be like "Mm, cbd lace seltzer (laughs) from new zealand and you're like all right these ice cubes were uh, cryogenically frozen it's all cool shit fuck she's so cool she is really cool (laughs) i mean her dad's lenny kravitz i know that's pretty cool 
I mean, my dad's pretty cool, but your dad is really cool. Lenny Kravitz, pretty, so my dad's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, pretty. Tony Small, great guy. Great guy, but like not Lenny Kravitz. I mean, my dad <laughs> doesn't really have the vibe of Lenny. Okay, so I sneaky. This is like a Lenny Kravitz fun fact. I sneaky love interior design and read all sorts of interior design magazines. Mm-hmm. I like have stacks of them in my I apartment. Think I do that. Yeah, I love like El decor. I love architectural digest. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Lenny Kravitz has an entire Brazilian farm compound that was featured in Architectural Digest. And it's probably incredible. It's incredible, and it's so Lenny. And the photos are of him frolicking around in his Brazilian farm on a horse and wearing, like, all denim. Imagine being that rich. You just have Brazilian property. He probably has property so many different places. Like, look at his bedroom. All right, let me see this here. (laughs) And he's posing with the guitar on the bed. Wearing a robe. And he looks like silk 25 years old. He looks great. And he's probably in his, what, 50s? And look at that pattern play. I mean, not a lot of people can pull that off. Lenny Kravitz, man. And he birthed one of the cool childs? Well, he didn't. True. Yeah. Well, if he did, he'd be even ri- cooler. Lisa I mean- Bonet did. <laughs> but I feel like if a man was going to birth a child, yeah. it would be Lenny. It would be a water birth. He would have a doula. Yeah. <laughs> Be very zen, candles. Yeah, he'd figure it out. He would birth her while playing acoustic guitar, <laughs> singing a lullaby. So, did we just decide we're going to have Lenny Kravitz be our BLL correspondent? Is that how we're going to do this? That would be sick. <laughs> Live from his Brazilian compound, Lenny Kravitz. All right. So, maybe we aim for Lenny and we land on someone like Lenny's uh, a target like, for like sure. Randy Scott or something, you know, and settle somewhere in the middle between those two. I feel like Randy Scott would. I don't know if Randy Scott has time no. to watch Big Little Lies. No, he's just like a four-hour commute every day, and he has like eight kids. Eddie's on the Morning Sports Center <laughs> and fills in on radio. He's got a pretty jam-packed schedule. Love Randy Scott. Love though. Randy Scott. He's the absolute best. Actually, maybe since he's in the car, that might be the plan. That might work. Uh, you know, when we record this podcast, it's almost sort of like the Randy Scott hour. It's 100% the Randy Scott hour. <laughs> Now, okay, we need to end this because now I'm just clicking through photos of Lenny Kravitz in Brazil. (laughs) I've gone down a weird wormhole here. So anyway. We'll wrap this up. Wrapping it up. Thank you to Sabruti. Huge thank you to Tommy Reese. Outstanding work as our Game of Thrones correspondent, but we wouldn't expect anything less from our boy Tommy. Greatest. He's the greatest. So thank you for listening. We're going to be back in action next week. Tom and I both heading to out-of-town weddings over Mm. this long holiday weekend. I don't know how we're going to function next week. It's going to be really brutal because we're both coming back Monday and there's a Blues game that day. Yes, I'm already assuming that they're going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. (laughs) Blues Bruins, I think game one would be on Monday. Monday night in Boston. Monday night in Boston. Oh, man. So you're you're putting it out there. I mean, Did I just jinx us? Yeah, you may have just jinxed us. No, you know what? It's called confidence. I don't subscribe to the jinx, even though I totally subscribe to the jinx. But just think about that. We're both going to be really tired. Yes. Probably really hungover. Mm. And we may be enemies. Yeah. No, we're definitely going to be enemies. So this could lead to either the best or worst podcast that we've ever done. Maybe we wait till Wednesday. (laughs) Give us a little bit of a breather. Give us a day in between there, maybe. Yeah, we might need a buffer. Yeah. You might be getting next week's pod on Friday, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I can't promise you. You're going to be getting some good stories. That's right. Uh, I'm going to a wedding in Harbor Island in the Bahamas, and Tom is going to what? Two weddings? I got a wedding in Queens on Friday and a wedding in Boston on Sunday. Just really hitting those 
East Coast metropolitan areas. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I'm going to be dead. So we'll have a great time. I'll try. And until next week, good night, Boston. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.